Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Self Deaf Sundays, the podcast. Do 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 do. really clear that some of the learnings from this book has really helped bring so it gives you like a high level summary of everything that this guy had figured out the power of the subconscious mind and suggestions so excited to have a new guest on the podcast today who a lot of you may know and it's kira yay welcome yay. Kira. thank you lamika thank you for having me on I'm um, so excited to have you on here, Kira, because I was just telling her before we started recording as well, like, in terms of the conversations we have on the podcast, like, we every time we spoke, like, it always led to these, like, deep questions about life and what are we doing and our purpose and stuff. So I was like, I couldn't wait to kind of have you on um, and to kind of share your story as well. So for people that don't know who she is, um, so Kira was actually my manager when I first started in, in the company that we worked, um, that we currently work in. And even from the get-go like you know no one's got any bad words to say about Kira honestly like in the grad cohort and I think for me as well just like finding my my own self in the professional world but also through our one-to-ones where I could just be myself and I know that a lot of um, others can uh, agree with that as well so I'm just I'm, I'm firstly thankful that you were my first manager that when I first started <laughs> in the company because that was a really great way to start your um adulting life but also just kind of yeah keep in touch we always share book recommendations and I'm just you're just amazing but <laughs> that's that's me fangirling over you Kira but for maybe for the people not uh, who don't know you maybe you could start off with who you are and also what you do at the moment yeah thank god thanks for the ego stroke or something like that on a, on a Friday afternoon um or maybe I'll have to tell a couple of Lamika related uh, management stories at some point in this podcast we'll see we'll see so my name is Kira Schumann and I'm an enablement director at the same company as Lamika so my role is just to make sure that um all of our customer success managers that are out there in the field in Europe have got all of the best skills and can do incredible things with their customers. So it's a really cool role that sort of mixes learning and development with a bit of relationship management and business engagement. And yeah, it's super fun. So that's, yeah, that's my day job. Amazing, thank you for sharing. And you're a fellow computer science graduate as well, aren't you? I am, I am. I don't, it's been quite a while since I wrote a line of code, as uh, embarrassingly yeah. so. <laughs> a fellow woman in tech, but thank you, for, thank you for sharing that. And I guess, you know, that's what you do for your day job. And, I feel like you know what the question's already going to be in terms of to get to know who Kira is, but I thought I'd change it up a bit. But to really get to know your ordinary tales, Kira, and, and you know, what got you to where you are, um, I actually want to ask, if you were to give your five-year-old um, some advice, knowing where you are now, what advice would you give the, the, the baby Kira? Oh, see, see, I know you've never asked anyone that. Oh, that's not a regular question, so it's going to catch me, uh, catch me of off course. guard. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. God, what would I tell five-year-old Kira? Um, oh my, I think I feel like when I was when I was younger, I always kind of had a bit of a sense of that things were going to be okay, you know, in the future. Like, I guess it's just I'm a very positive person by nature, and I think that was the same when I was a kid. But mm. I think I'd probably just sort of tell myself that. Um, yeah I guess that that you deserve to to have the things go your way right so like nothing is is out of reach for you and I mean I can't remember what I was thinking when I was five years old I was probably thinking about playing in the playground and when I was going to get a chocolate bar and spend my pocket <laughs> money lot. right not yeah. a lot but 
I think there's there's like a level of anxiety perhaps when you're when you're that age, right? When you're you're in school and you don't quite know what the future holds, and there's a lot of things that are very scary about the world, I suppose. So mm -hmm. I probably just give myself that message, you know, that that things are going to be okay, and actually you can make a life that you want and make it a life that is something that perhaps you didn't think that you could have necessarily because my life is not the way I thought it would be you know from when I was younger it definitely has not followed a path no. that I even thought was possible to be honest so yeah. yeah that's probably what I'd tell her yeah that's really interesting I I, I wonder what that five-year-old Kira looked like and also like obviously the the journey you've been on and where you've gotten to today like you mentioned that um you've always been a positive person and and this idea around things are going to be okay it feels like you had a faith in in the future and that things will work out but did that did you always have that faith or is this something that you developed over time yeah so it's, it's an interesting question because i think i think i always did have a level of kind of confidence in the future and i think that's I mean, I've been lucky, I suppose, to have that perspective and have that mindset, even from when I was quite young. So I never, I didn't really stress a lot about, you know, things like exams and like some of the, I guess, typical pressures. I, obviously, I was a little stressed, but I, I kind of, I, I do think that I always sort of felt like things would generally work out okay. And there was no reason why they wouldn't be okay eventually. Um, I actually did, had like a few coaching sessions last year and one of the questions that the coach asked me was, what are your gifts that you have? Not your strengths, sort of just like the things that perhaps you're born with that have been valuable to you. Um, mm. And it was a really good question, actually, because I hadn't thought about it. But once I did give it a bit of thought, I think I came up with positivity was one of them. So you, it's just, just the way I am. I can't attribute it to anything. I've never really worked on developing positivity. I was just sort of born positive, I suppose. Mm. Um, and I, I also thought about, um, I guess, like a level of self-confidence. I've, you know, of course, I was a self-conscious teenager and, you know, worried that my boobs weren't <laughs> big enough and all that stuff, right? Like, like I'm not we've like, all been there. We've all been there, right? Like, we've all been there. Um, so like all of the same kind of general stuff. But like, actually, still, I've always had like a, I guess, a level of self-belief and a bit of self-confidence that I think has served me well as I've kind of gone through my life to date as well. Um, and I'm 31, right? So that's a thir 31 years of that. I think it's sort of builds on each other. But I did think, mm. yeah, I sort of found that quite interesting, right? Like there's a perhaps gifts that mm. um, I can't always attribute down to like an experience or anything like that. It's just something which I think I've been fortunate enough to have and you know hopefully I've been able to capitalize on it a little bit as well of course yeah, yeah. I really I really like that question because it's you know when you go to job interviews you get asked like what are your strengths and weaknesses and that goes down very much into your experience and I guess strengths and weaknesses get built over time from your experiences and what you do but I feel gifts goes a bit deeper right because it yeah. goes into who you are as a person regardless of um the situation or or how you've been raised like that gift is consistent it would have been like that no matter if you were born in a different country yeah. or if you were I'm sure there's some influence you'd have externally but in deep down like that is you <laughs> like that that yeah. would not change um, yeah regardless, right it's kind of your core and I think it's interesting now like so I'm, I'm one of four kids and we're all so different uh, just so different uh, personality even like, appearance we, we're just very very different but yet we've got the same parents and you know we grew up largely the same upbringing etc and it's interesting to me now that, that I'm a parent myself is just thinking like 
how much of what we actually do as parents is really matters. <laughs> not, mm. not, you know, I'm just going to sack it all off away. My child, can, you know, <laughs> fend, the point? <laughs> yeah, can fend for himself. But yeah. it, does, it does kind of make you think. Like, I think everyone is born with certain gifts and certain preferences and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, you can help shape and nurture. And mm. there's no doubt that a parent has a huge impact on a child's life. But you know, there's, I think there's still a degree of you sort of before you've even started parenting, you've already kind of got a certain card dealt dealt to mm. you, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it does make me think now um, that how how much input we really have in sort of shaping our, our kids in the future. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point you raised there because obviously when you're younger, your parent is your parents are your world. Yeah. They are your reference point. They're the ones that teach you how to walk and eat and <laughs> basic necessities to survive. But I think it does make you wonder how much influence parents actually have because to your point, you could have uh, you know two siblings that got brought up in the same environment with the same love with the same everything but it still turns out to be two different unique individuals yeah. you know one could love being active and and you know ambitious another one could be completely different so it's like you know what how much level of impact and influence do parents actually have apart yeah. from the basic necessities of survival <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I mean like it's true right because so there's, the, there's that layer of um, survival instincts and that obviously that comes from centuries ago and by default all parents mean well for the kids anyway that's like a given um well, most in most cases um but at the same time it's like up to the child to decide whether they want to take that influence or not as well right yeah someone could listen to their parents and from a very young age and respect and I, I feel like I'm one of those because everything I have and who I am is down to my mum and dad um, but equally other individuals don't think the same way so I think it's up to the child as well whether they want to accept what your parents have to um, give to you right yeah yeah and it's, it's, it is actually lovely when I, I hear you talking about sort of like your parents and family sometimes in the podcast so I'd love to meet your parents actually um uh, I, I'm trying to think if you ever brought, brought them into the office or whatever I might have said like a passing high I remember meeting like various parents over the years but um yeah I, I would love to meet the Rana family It'd be great uh next time if I bring them down to the tower because they've been there once actually they've been to the uh, um the Ohana floor and my dad loved the coffee there <laughs> but my <laughs> But my mum is me, as in like I am my mum. Like everything, like I do, the who I am, I just attribute it to my mum. So I think it will feel very familiar if you spoke to her as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just to, just on that question as well, going back to what you said around your gifts, and you mentioned positivity and the self confidence side of things, and um, you did mention hopefully you utilised and capitalised it into your life to implement that. Um, for your own benefit to excel in whatever you, you do but how how's that gone and and how has these attributes actually um helped you develop to be the Kira that you are today oh that's a good one um mm -hmm. I mean I think it's generally gone gone quite well like I I mean as I said I didn't really when I was sort of younger and growing up I didn't really obviously know what my future was going to be like and I definitely didn't anticipate working in you know enablement in a tech company and you know the beautiful buildings that we get to work in and the amazing people we get to work with but I think I didn't imagine it because I didn't I didn't know that that was a, like a possibility I just wasn't exposed to it so I just didn't really know um, but I think that I've tried I've tried over the years to kind of capitalize on doing more of what I'm good at particularly more in the last I'd say like sort of four or five years more than any other time so I mean when I started my career I was 
you know, as a graduate also myself. And my first company was Microsoft and I was, it was an incredible experience. It was an amazing company to work for. And I had a really wonderful time there. But, you know, one of my decisions to take the role there was around, you know, I come from this technical background, computer science, and I can do that fine. But it wasn't really using my gifts at the end of the day. And it wasn't really what I was best at. And I figured out, I think through placement, that what I was really good at was connecting with people, um, building those relationships, um, because that was a platform in which I could leverage productivity and confidence. And, you know, I think realizing that that was what I was actually good at was you know, it took a while right I was in my early 20s but I think I just sort of built on that from that point onwards really even down to you know taking the role where where we met when I was sort of running the grad program and managing graduates it was like that was a great platform to be able to use those skills and it's probably why that was you know just the best job it's just an yeah. incredible job and I enjoyed it so so much um, because it felt good to do. Mm, I'm sure it was tough at times, right? Because <laughs> we, <Yeah>, but... <laughs> we weren't the easiest people to manage. But I, I, that, I think it relates back to what you said around you 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 utilised your skills for some, to some, for a for a role that you could actually you were good at, right? Because there, are, I think, with these people skills and management skills, as we all know, there's that level of empathy, there's EQ, and all these skills that you need anyway. But I think going back to what you said around building connections and and yeah coaching and guiding and all of that that was that's what you realized you were good at and that's what you went for right and that was kind of like a stepping stone for you to get to your next role or your next role or whatever but I think that's a really valid point yeah do things that you're good at really yeah work with what you got it's much easier than fighting and battling against you know trying to do something which perhaps you're not good at or you don't really enjoy necessarily mm, exactly yeah that, that is very true and I think um just to touch on the working in tech side of things as well as you know that you've you've you started off on the grad program and you've kind of been in that industry for a while and you know when you think about stem and tech like you don't associate I guess going back to the whole like women and people to kind of thrive in that industry because there's a certain perception of what you need to look like or be like to to work there but maybe for people listening that are aspiring to be where you are or um, just to kind of get some tips and guidance on working in that industry have you got any kind of thoughts on that? Also I think the biggest thing really for tech is I think it's all about exposure. So if you do really want to work in that industry and, you know, you're perhaps a young woman, you're in university or perhaps you're even in school, I think what I would say is just try and get as exposed as you can to the world of tech. Because I think like a lot of industries, it's, it's almost a bit of a, a bubble and it's hard to sometimes understand what do all those people in those, you know, nice buildings with the free food and the barista bar and all that good stuff, but what do they actually do? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's confusing, isn't it? It's it, confusing. Yeah. I used to think like that when I was a kid. It's like, what do people actually do on laptops? What do you even yes. do? <laughs> I, I mean, the, the same, the same, right? I, I didn't really understand. In fact, I'll, t- I'll tell you that when I was um, a child, when I was about five or six, I had one of those books called All About Me. And you write in it, you know, when I grow up, I want to be. And um, in one of mine, I'd written um, a talesman, which is obviously not really a word. And my (laughs) mum saying to me, like, what's a talesman? And what happened is our next door neighbour worked on a computer. And I thought that was really cool. Because I was five, six. I just thought it was cool because not everyone had a computer. (laughs) Yeah. Like, 
yeah, again, me being a bit older than you, like, no, not everybody had a computer. Like, it wasn't that normal. <laughs> so I, I thought it was very cool. And, and I asked my mom what he did. And she said, he's a salesman. But I misheard her and thought she said, oh, tech- <laughs> what's your talesman? So, you know, when I was like five or six, I wanted to be a talesman because that meant that I would get to work on a computer. Um, oh, my goodness. So honestly, Namika, it's a bit convoluted. But, you know. I love but, it. But I think it is it, it's exposure, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't have known. You don't know what's possible unless you sort of, like poke into that world and mm. I do think that now there's more and more ways to get exposure there's you know mentoring programs for most major tech companies that you can register for there's mm-hmm. the good old you know informal LinkedIn connect you can go for as well and just ask people to even just talk about what they do for 20 minutes can mm. help you see what's possible and what kind of career paths that you can have um, mm. as well oh, that, I love that I mean if talesman is ever going to be a, an occupation in the future, you've heard it here first. It was Kiba that actually came up with it. Yeah, I want it to be I a talesman. Yeah, I wonder what that job would entail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. No, no. Working on a computer, that's one thing. Yeah, yeah in, your, in your head anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, I think that's a really good call out because um, my brother, who is applying for placement years at the moment, he still doesn't know what I do, right? And it's because he's never been exposed in that industry. And now as he's researching companies and applications, he's like, oh, like, that's what you do. And you know, that's business and that's marketing and stuff. So I think um, going back to what you said, the, the key thing is putting yourself out there. Uh, exposing yourself in that industry and the more you know like the more you explore the more you'll know right um and it's not going to happen overnight like we're still figuring out what I mean I'm still figuring out what I what what this industry is and I'm learning something new every single day as technology is advancing every single day kind of thing but if I compare myself to when I first applied for my first kind of graduate role to where I am now like because I've been in this bubble like you do understand even little terms like APIs and partners these kind of things I was like what what even is that even though you do study that at uni right it's it's a language the lingo yeah and it's not actually taught very much no it's it is crazy isn't it like I I mean I personally haven't really used my degree but I'd never be without it It, you know it was a great experience 100%, 100% and obviously I wouldn't have I wouldn't be where I am now without it but you know was it did I learn that much that was applicable of course not no I I completely agree with you I mean unless we went down the developer route right I guess those were the foundational things you would have had to learn anyway but for me it was more like the people skills more than anything working in a team and presenting and problem solving like those are the fundamental skills that will be required no matter what you do Um, so I feel like the actual degree isn't you shouldn't limit your future you know, opportunities on to your degree right yeah absolutely so not. many options so many options and like the jobs that's going to be around in the future probably doesn't even exist right now right so correct in fact every job I've done every job like mm. didn't exist like when when I was sort of figuring out what to do at university right figuring out my own sort of like career and in school mm. so it's just even roles that I've done more than one role like three roles I've done were actually created while I was in that company before I took the role I mean the RGL role right being a graduate manager I wrote the job description for that Uh, and then I decided that I was going to apply for it (laughs) exactly like it's crazy I mean how many industries and you know that give you opportunities to do things like that it's it's just amazing but really it really is and I think this goes back to what you said earlier on around crafting or or creating something that you're good at right you realize that okay this is something that I'm good at this is what I'm passionate about you went for it and 
you're right that like you create something that didn't exist it's not those traditional roles that was around for before um you never know you could create the description for a talesman as well in the future if you really if you really maybe. try hard enough maybe <laughs> make it a thing <laughs> make it a thing Kira. <laughs> then i'll apply for it and do it myself why not honestly <laughs> you can be a pioneer <laughs> uh, i love that but yeah thank you for sharing the insight into the you know exposure in, in the tech world and you know we've gone down the professional route um once again but my next question to you actually Kira is um something that I've uh, asked before is if there was like a one moment or an, an an experience or an event that happened in your in your personal life um you know that shaped you and and you you think back and it's like oh my god if that didn't happen I wouldn't be where I am what's the first thing that comes in your mind oh man so I think yeah I think definitely like personal life I mean it would be when I was probably like age 16 to kind of 18, that, that, that difficult period before you kind of go, go away to university or whatever. Like for me, I, th those were some really tough years, right, for kind of personal reasons with my family. And I think that, you know, one of the things that has always pushed me, so in terms of like being motivated and the reason why I've done things, particularly around that age, I was very fueled by this need for independence. Mm. And I think because, you know, things were quite challenging at home, I was just desperate to, I mean, I was like 17 going on 35, you know, I was so <laughs> desperate to like, just go out and like make Have my a life. mortgage. <laughs> I was though, I was. I, I just, I just kind of always wanted that like independence. And I think it's just that, that desire to make your own life and be, you know, very independent. And I, I was very much like that when I was a teenager, I always felt older than I was. I always wanted more responsibility. Um, so I think those, those kind of like, two years that quite difficult years were like shaped shaped me heavily because it gave me that that real kind of motivation I suppose to go and get that independence and like make something of myself I suppose and like make a life and when I was you know when I was applying to go figure out university and where to study my criteria was pretty much anywhere that's not in London <laughs> because then it would mean that I wouldn't because I live in the suburbs of London right mm. then it would mean that I didn't have to live at home and I would get to move out and that was just the biggest thing for me. It was just, it was a catalyst for, you know, being able to build a life and, you know, I guess like make my own path. Um, mm. And it's just, I, and maybe it's a classic coming of age adulthood type thing, but I think it was definitely fueled by what was happening in my own personal life at the time. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like propelled me um, and it could have gone either way, but hopefully I was able to sort of make the most of that experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we can all relate to that, right? Like that stage where, you do kind of come into yourself and you 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 learn about yourself and you're like I'm ready for the next challenge or just wanting to craft your own life in a way um and I actually read this on one of the books it was talking about like parent-child relationships and when you're a teenager naturally you become more reserved and you try and do your own thing and you don't you kind of detach yourself from your parents right and obviously the the parents are like oh my god you're growing up or whatever but I think this actually comes from um the animal kingdom where after you get to a certain stage naturally you go out and figure your own life out or in in the lion's pride like that after you become a teenager you need to go out and hunt on your own right or like in any other animal kingdom so I think it was talking about the relationship of what, why teenagers are more moody and they're more reserved and they're not as open to their parents and that's prepping themselves to fly off their nest oh, um, yes. as much as the mums or the dads don't want it they it's just the nature of life <laughs> yeah and, right 
And I was, I mean, I was pretty much in that mode, I think, for about 14 years old. You know, I just, it, and it was, <laughs> I, get away. <laughs> I was just couldn't wait. And it was all of those things like, um, I remember writing a letter to the owner of a music shop. Yeah. Cause I was like big into music when mm. I was a teenager. I just played bass guitar and played piano and I still play the piano. And, and I was, you know, I really wanted to go and work at this guitar shop because I used to go there on the weekend and just like play the instruments and hang out and chat to the staff and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Such a weird teenager, let me honestly. <laughs> but I remember I was 14, yeah, and you can't get a job until you're 16. Yeah. And I, I remember writing him a letter and just saying, please, can I work for you? And he never replied, right? He's just this <laughs> crazy teenager. You um, tried. <laughs> I tried, I tried. But, you know, as soon as I could get a job, I, I you know, when I was 16, I had a job at the Early Learning Centre, then I worked at a clothes shop and, you know, I think the, the day I turned 18, I started working behind the bar and mm. I did bar work for, for, you know, four or five years. And amazing. I, I just always, yeah, I think I always wanted, you know, the, the things before I was quite old enough to do them. Um, <laughs> like any, any bit of independence, like money would give me some freedom. So I'd sort of go after that and part-time jobs. I think I just, it always made me feel quite grown up. And I think I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? I feel like we all have that desire, like my little cousin who is I think 13 she likes hanging out with her older sister because it makes her feel older and it's like you always want like the next thing and and to your point as well it's like yes I can't work right now but let me just write that letter anyway and see what happens and yeah look and then they came back right and then you started yeah. working and it is that sense of independence um that you built over time um even little things like have enough money to go out and get like chips or something oh. you know or get, or get wasted I think more oh, yeah. Case, yeah. <laughs> chips <laughs> going to the park. <laughs> the park we've all we've all been there haven't we but I think the key thing here is like going back to the question again is that um seeking independence for yeah. you and, and and you you mentioned earlier um you you always felt older than your age and you want always wanting to like you know do the next thing and I think it goes back to that kind of ambition and, and drive and um, that self-confidence that you are capable of taking on that next challenge or, or doing something even though on paper you're not ready to do right um, and it's really interesting because um, I had a chat with Andrew uh, on, on the podcast as well and we were talking about how as you're growing up you have you go through puberty right that's how you grow up into adulthood and we get taught a lot about physical puberty um, yes. but he was talking about this thing called mental puberty as well which is those growth um events or situations that accelerates your growth that you can't physically see but it's happening anyway mm. and we don't get taught enough about this mental puberty side of things we can't capture it because you can't see it yes but 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 people go through these mental puberty at different stages of their life as well um but i think this idea around independence and wanting to um go out and do your thing kind of links back to this mental puberty side of things you'd already had that growth spurt mentally yeah. you were ready and you, you know you were always yeah going back to like just wanting more um so it's really interesting how like the independence thing could link to that as well because that's yeah it's the growth right yeah I'll have to I'll have to look that up because I did read something um because I work in I guess learning and development I was reading something about learning and it's saying really the adult brain isn't quite finished until it's 26 you know Ooh. in its main stage of like growth and development so even the way that people learn that are perhaps in the early 20s could be different from 
um, from older adults. And I just thought mm. that's fascinating. And it made me think a lot back to working with grads and like that age group and just how are things slightly different? Because I've always felt that things are a bit different in that age group, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it mm. you know, from like an adult learning perspective. So yeah, I'll definitely have to look that up. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know if it's, it's a natural thing. It might be something you came up with, but, <laughs> yeah, but it, re- cool. it really resonated with me. So I thought I'd share it with you as well. But you're right, like how people learn as well. That's another fascinating thing is as well, isn't it? Because is. going back to the whole page around self-development as well, like the whole kind of page came out of that, like learning and developing, but also recognising um, everyone's got their own time, their pace and different ways yes. that they, you know, learn and develop as well. But no, I think that kind of summarises that that question around the independent side of things and 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 also the first half of the podcast, Kira, which is all around your ordinary tales of, you know, go, going back to the first question around the advice you'd give your little little self about, about things being okay and um, and also going into your 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 gifts, right? The the, pos- the positivity and and the, and the self confidence, um, but also how you've leveraged it in your in your personal life um, and your professional life and also the, the the second kind of question around the independence that like, oh, you always wanted you always wanted that and, and I totally see it as well I could imagine you just going for it and and having that kind of like tunnel eye vision of that's what I want I'm gonna get <laughs> you know yeah, even if it's a focused. job yeah even if it's a job at the pub like you wanted it you wanted it and you got it <laughs> yeah I just felt so grown up you know yeah. pulling, pulling pints and and he oh god and emptying ashtrays yeah oh, on that god. old on that old emptying ashtrays in the pub Uh, (laughs) although I think I think that was maybe like six months that lasted and then the smoking bag got passed which was a huge relief Uh, oh god yeah it's not fun is it nope especially Mm. as at that age I was uh that was the era of straightening hair as Mm. you know I've got curly hair so the idea of having like smoky hair and having to wash your hair after a shift was just too much trauma for a world obsessed with having straight hair and ghds and all that stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I bet you were glad when they stopped allowing people to smoke in terms like, inside. Very much, very much. I love so. that. But no, I think that gives a really good insight into the ordinary tales of Kira and and who she is and how she got here. And I think the next half of the podcast is all around the extraordinary dreams part, which is your future and things you want to do. And you know what's next for Kira? Because I feel like you're only getting started, even though you've already achieved so much. But my one question to you, Kira, in, in the extraordinary dream part is, what do you want your legacy to be? <gasps> oh, this the question. good old question. Oh, this question. <laughs> I, do you know what? My 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 like my instinct to that question is to say, I don't care. I'll be dead. <laughs> right. Which that is uh, true. And which, that is yeah, true. I mean, and, and you know what? That is part of it. I think I I I think about the future a lot, um, but I don't. And maybe it's something to do with, I guess, like Western culture. Right. We don't necessarily think about death very often. Uh, even though it's such an inevitable thing and it's going to happen to all of us so when I think about like legacy obviously I want to leave a mark on the world and you know I think I'd like to I'd like to leave behind something that people can use whether that's a book or you know a company or just something that kind of stays there and carries on you know giving right so Mm. it's a bit like passive income you know like the set it and forget it approach I'd like to do that, but we'd like with something in life. So, mm. you know, something that sort of keeps keeps giving um, long after you're dead. So I, th- I think that's part of it. But I think really I just want to, like if I'm on my deathbed, right, I want to know that people have like, felt joy because of me. So because of something I've done, because of, you know, something I've said, um, how the way I've helped them perhaps. Mm. Uh, I think just knowing that people have had 
you know, a good time in life because of maybe something that I was responsible for mm. is is something to, to aim for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, I've, I've got a kid, so he is, I guess, part of my legacy. He wouldn't be of here course. if me and his dad hadn't had him. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of hope, hopefully, I, you know, hopefully I'll raise a nice, a nice young human. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a good human. Just a good human, yeah. Who, yeah. who does, who then spreads lots of joy to people that he's with as well and goes on to do, to do good things. Um, and it's, it's just happy, I suppose. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not really that complex. Um, I mean, those, th- that's what I hope, but yeah, but I guess, yeah, I, I suppose I won't really care because I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah, it won't, it won't be a worry anymore, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, I won't have to think about it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's so true because I think I had a chat with Aluba as well on, on the podcast, Aluba Phoenix, mm. who we we know, oh, he's, yeah, he's going to be on as well. Um, Amazing. We were talking about this idea around death and it's something that we don't speak about and um, I think in one of the books it actually said, Ever since we were born, the only thing that was ever guaranteed was death. Like yeah. nothing else was ever guaranteed. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, but that's the only thing that's guaranteed. But even then, like to your point around the Western culture, like it's like a like a phobia, right? Oh my God, it's never going to happen. It's like a taboo yeah. subject. But I think we need to normalize, not normalize as in like talk about it every single day, but also kind of have it in the back of our minds. Like, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen, right? And yeah. I think going back to the to the legacy side, I really like that idea around the passive income. It's like, yeah. imagine creating like something, like a source that could keep like, it yeah. just happen. You just, you've done your bit now. You can like, <laughs> just touch yeah. your hands and be so, like, yep, yeah, I've done my bit. <laughs> just kind of leave leave something behind that just keeps keeps giving churning uh, yeah yeah churning. Whatever, whatever that might be exactly yeah and I think like going back to your point around you won't be here to see whether you've actually reached your legacy and I think I had a chat with Olivia and she mentioned this as well like legacy isn't like a black or white thing it's like when would you actually know you've met your legacy and this could happen in a you know a century's time it's not like a clear-cut thing you yeah. can't put a benchmark or, or like it's not a black and black or white thing but I think going back to what you said around um you know making someone feel a bit of joy or, or someone said something and it, it impacted them in a, in a positive way like that that's your legacy right oh Kira told me this or because of Kira like I, I got to this or I realized this because of her help I think those are the moments that matter more than anything right yeah yeah, those, okay. that, that's the important stuff, isn't it? At mm. the end of the day, you know, we do we do what we do, and you know, we have nice jobs and nice homes and that. But it is, I think, obviously, we do know what really matters. It's just sometimes hard to remember in the in the midst of like a busy week or a busy month. Of course, it's like a self reminder as well. So, what, why am I doing what I'm doing, or what's the what's the next thing, kind of thing, right? But I think kind of just a touch on that as well like I feel like in your career and everything you've you're, you're only getting started Kira like I feel like you only are getting started but what does that look like like what's next and you know what what do you want to do in that space as well because I'm sure a lot of people can get inspiration from you in that sense as well yeah <laughs> including <I mean>, me. <laughs> I mean I think that with if you think about like the future of Korea I one thing that I've I think about a lot now is how many careers do we have right as individuals so do we have just one career which we you know we kind of climb the ladder in or do we have multiple careers and like how do they all fit together and I, I'm very much a fan of the idea of having multiple careers so I think of it as I'm on my first career right now my career in tech um but it's not my only career and I'm not going to be doing this when I'm 50 60 right not no. least because I'm early retiring but <laughs> that's one reason 
but, but I mean, if I look at if I look at like my mum, right? My mum is, I guess, a bit of a she's a great example of this. She's in her third career. You know, she's she had like one career when we were all younger, we were kids. You know, she was sort of working part time, raising us, etc. Then she trained as a teacher when she was sort of in her forties, and then in her fifties, she trained as a psychotherapist, and she's now like a psychotherapist, and she's doing a master's degree. You know, and she's nearly sixty. Like she's just, it, but it's multiple careers. It's that whole concept of you know, you're not just one and done. And I'm a big fan of that. So I, when I think like, what will my next, where will I go? I do think like, well, what's my next kind of career and how's that going to evolve? Mm. Um, and, I, and I don't, I don't really know, but I've got a lot of faith and I, I kind of know it will still follow the theme of doing things that I'm good at and things that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I've always had it in my mind that one day I'll, you know, I'll work for myself. It's always been, I don't know, I don't want to call it a dream. I think it's an inevitability, actually, mm. just knowing my personality and, you know, everything like that. It doesn't make sense at the moment, but that's definitely part of the future. And I, ch- I think it's just a challenge that I'd love to take on at some point. Mm. I mean, that that sounds so exciting. And I remember you telling me about the career change happening because you, you said it, right? Um, in average, we an average person changes their career three times or something in their, in their whole lifetime. And if you think about it this is just one of the phases but sometimes we do get we think this is it like oh my god I'm in tech and this is my life for the next 20 years um or whatever right um but the reality is going back to what we said earlier on the jobs that will be in the future doesn't exist right now we don't know what the market's going to be like and as we know with COVID and all the you know job losses happening because things like Debenhams and all these companies closing right who would have predicted that Nope. five years ago even nobody right? and and I think there's this there's a sense of and, and and you know this has been quite an important learning for me you know I've I've been faced with job loss right and it's it's just sort of a reminder that I think we think that working in a big organization or in a sort of a structured profession brings security and is risk-free but really nothing's risk-free when it comes to your career no. and I think we associate a huge level of risk with things like you know, startups and self-employment but I think there's actually more risk than we think about when you think about the risk of being employed actually by a big mm. company and you know you're only 60 days away from a job loss at any time and it's important to remember that mm. um, and, and that's something I do remember is is actually you know we're in an amazing position it's being employed is is you know wonderful and you know a real privilege actually especially nowadays to have that um, but it still comes with a risk uh, there are no certainties, even in structured career paths like law and medicine and things like that. There's always a factor of risk in there that we of carry course. with us. Yeah, that is very true. And I think you're right. Like sometimes we do get caught up in this world and you think that this is where I want to be in three years time or five years time. And then there's a reorg or there's something that happens and that plan is irrelevant, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you could you could have the most big... You, and the thing is, sometimes it's out of your control. Like, you yeah. can't control that. You, you can't control what happens outside. But I think what you've said, like, going back to your point around making your gifts work for you, I think that's the most important thing because um, regardless of the job, regardless of your industry, company, whatever you do, as your gifts are going to be with you no matter, no matter where you go. And everyone's got those gifts. Everyone's got things that they're good at um so how can you utilize and and be aware of that at all times so even the the external situation companies might change like it's also that faith of things will be okay yeah and and having that confidence that yeah no matter what I've got my gifts and things will be okay and you know with the recent COVID situation as well many people have 
lost their jobs and and that's the reality right um you get no's when you apply for jobs but i think my my friend said like even the word no um spells out new opportunities yes every time you do get a no or things don't work out it's pivoting and, and seeing how you, what next in a way yeah. right yeah. it's a, every i think every no is is a growth point and even if it's a, not even if it's a no that you didn't want to hear it can sometimes have more impact than a yes might have had you know overall so if i think mm. about like learning from like negative situations it's so true you learn so much more from those situations that feel so impossible at the time but then when you look back you realize just how important they were to to what you're doing now and the thought patterns you have and the behaviors that you have and the actions you take it, it really is um they're, they're critical to that it really is yeah going back to your kind of um point around yeah earlier on you said right the, the idea around gifts and making it work for you i think that is it. You, you, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what jobs are going to be available. But I really like the faith side of things because that's something I really resonate with as well. Yeah. Just having that faith that things will be okay and yeah. it will work out. It's okay. Yeah. It's I've, okay. Always, I've always felt that. Just a, a sense of something. And yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I always thought that everyone kind of had a level of feeling that way. But I realised that they don't mm. and that there's a lot of fear and that. Uh, uh, yeah, I, do, I, guess, well, I feel fortunate that I've not really, that I've always had a sense of like, it will all be okay in the end, just generally underpinning my thought that patterns. Foundational <laughs> layer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it has, and it has, right? Things yeah. will always be okay. So no, that, that sounds amazing. And I'm sure that whatever you do in the future, your legacy, whatever service you create, whatever book you write, you know, people are going to read it. And I'm sure that myself and a lot of the other people that you managed are going to be cheering on you on the, on, on, <laughs> in the sidelines as well we knew her she was our manager oh <laughs> but, no. yeah that sounds so exciting but I guess um that brings us to the, the final question of the podcast Kira which is actually the recommendations right because I know that we we change a lot of um kind of books recommendations and all of this I'd love to hear your self-development kind of tips and recommendations that has really worked for you in whatever format yeah so and I mean I've, I've got obviously as you know it's one of my favorite topics on earth um and I actually had to go from my kindle to just try and think about it <laughs> properly because it's just you just forget too much don't you? yeah there's just yeah. so much there um but I think I, I think a couple of books that have been yeah that I, I guess I've had that real long-term impact on me are the, the Cal Newport books you know he okay. wrote um Deep Work and Digital Minimalism yeah Digital um, Minimalism yeah. yeah among others and I think with both of those books, like, I'm a big fan of, you know, focus and productivity. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the time it is about just having a really good grip on um, how you set your boundaries, really, and run run your day and set the time. Um, and even things like, I mean, I don't use social media. Like, I don't have an Instagram. I don't, don't do Facebook. Like, I don't do any of those things. And, you know, I, so that's a part of the reason is because just understanding, like, how, what has your attention and, Digital Minimalism is actually a great book to read to just make you sort of think again about how you use your time and how what your distractions are and the engagement points. And yeah. I'm far from I'm far from perfect, right? I everyone's got a vice. I find myself scrolling on just you know websites or blogs or whatever. Like yeah, you know, not perfect, but I think it's just it's kind of helped me build fundamental habits at the mm -hmm. end of the day that I think are going to be really helpful all throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And you know, and and, and now because I've got my son, like that's the ultimate like that sets boundaries you know like I can't afford to not make the most of every working day because no. you know 
I, I can't just, you know, overrun and be still at my, at my laptop at six o'clock. You know, I don't have childcare at that time, right? I need mm. to be with him. So it's just, that's like for me now, having those um, routines and that focus and being able to get work done has become even more important um, mm. in the last the last few months. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's been really fundamental. So I'd really recommend the Cal Newport books to anybody nice. uh, who, who's interested in that topic or who's just looking to kind of make the most of their time and their, yeah. their focus and their energy. I feel like the digital minimalism is something that I think we all need to read, right? Especially being in lockdown and yes, yes, we don't have a lot of things to do. Like sometimes you do get consumed by endless amount of feeds, um, whether it's on TikTok or like Netflix and stuff, right? It does end up taking a lot of your time. And before you know it, it's like bedtime. I'm going to put my hand up and say, yeah, I think I definitely need that detox. And the thing is, we say it so often, but it's hard to practice it, right? Because it goes back to that habit piece. It becomes your habit. That's yeah. the first thing you see in the morning or the last thing you see at night. And that's with, without realising you get consumed in that world, right? So, no, I like that. I like that. I like the sound of that. Yeah, and I, I kind of felt like, you know, when – so when I was – when my son was really young, like the first sort of four or five months, you know, he was so – time consuming for me right you don't really get any time to yourself um no. even even when you close your eyes at night there's like the baby's crying and you kind of I mean, it goes, and it goes on for months and months and months and you just don't really have time so when you do have time you don't want to spend it scrolling and like just not really doing anything with purpose you want to spend it doing something that you you know really enjoy and you can focus on yeah. um so I mean I almost had to like reread some of the, my Kindle highlights around that period because I found myself just so exhausted that you just start scrolling and actually that wasn't actually helping me you know feel fresher or get more energy back or even make me feel good particularly um of so it's, it's it's one of those books that you can just reread to just mm. get a bit of motivation even talking about it now I'm like oh I might have to you know dig it out of my kindle and have a little read through my highlights tonight <laughs> honestly it's the reminders right because we, yeah. we read it once but then we need that constant reminder as well and how can you implement it on a daily basis because life takes over and there's the baby crying and there's, you know, there's an email pops up and or whatever. So I think it's that constant reminder. It's reading it and also uh, implementing it, but also reminding ourselves to keep implementing it as well, right? All the time. All <laughs> we the all time. need it. <laughs> but no, I love that. That's the productivity one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any other recommendations? I, so I, I think that when it comes to like books that, that actually have a real impact, um, Maybe outside of the self-dev arena, actually. I'd, mm. I'd say if I think about like fiction, I'm not a massive fiction reader. I actually prefer nonfiction. But mm. I do try and always have a fiction book on the go. And if I think back to books like, let's think, um, or some, like some of the, the Khaled Hosseini ones. The, uh, I don't know if you've ever. So he wrote The Kite Runner. Um, oh. He wrote, oh, God. It's going to kill me that I can't remember. Oh, and the mountains echoed. He's Ooh. sort of an he's an American Afghani writer, and oh, all his books are set in Afghanistan, and they're just incredible, incredible stories. He's a beautiful writer, um, but they transport you to Afghanistan, mm. and it, it just there's nothing like you know sitting in your your room or your lounge in London and just being transported to another world, and to just helps get a bit of perspective. It so, really does. Yeah. yeah I, when I read fiction, I do try and read fiction from other countries because it's just that's the that's the that's why I read fiction. It's the escape and like yeah, like get appreciation for something different. Um, mm. So I think fiction from other countries is always great. And I did recently read this was great actually. It was called The Beekeeper of Aleppo. 
Mm. It was by an author called Christy Lef Lefteri or Lefteris. Um, and again, amazing, right? Set in Syria. It's about a Syrian refugee's family to England. At, wow. About the journey to England, mm -hmm. uh, sort of via asylum. And God, yeah, there's nothing like a bit of perspective and reading about a journey like that. And just the writing is just absolutely stunning. I recommend it to anybody. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible. And I think it's so true, right? When you do read um, books from these other worlds, you can't, you you literally can't relate because it's such a completely different world, right? Like yeah. I can't imagine what a if I was. It it also makes you think if I was born in that world, like is that what my life would have been? Yeah, they didn't have a choice. It's like, you know, this goes beyond what's you know meant to be and stuff. But it does make you, if it it does put you in that position and makes you think like that could have easily been me. That could have easily been my life, and yeah, it goes back to it's not about comparison but also that gratitude for the life that you do have right um but also being empathetic and being open-minded that this is how people live that yeah. is someone's life today yeah right now you somebody know? is you know making that journey they're just about to get on that raft and you know they can't swim and just like the fear they must feel and just everything mm -hmm. it's just so yeah highly i mean but fiction i think helps us build empathy with other people um, it really does and there's there's no better way to do it in my opinion than just getting absorbed in a book and getting absorbed mm -hmm. in that world um mm -hmm. or just i guess meeting people like that, that, that you know yourself uh, as well is uh, can be really powerful so yeah big, big it up for fiction <laughs> oh, amazing i'm the same as you kira you know it like i read that non-fiction non books i've got a lot of good recommendations from you like the grit and flow and all these other ones which are amazing books but I need to remind myself as well to read fiction. I do read fiction like every now and again. I recently read Eat, Pray, Love, which is a oh, classic, right? I've never read it. I've never read it. You haven't read it. Uh, never read it, that, but I, I want to. Yeah, so I don't know. So that's not fiction because it is based in... Um, like a memoir, right? It is a yeah. memoir, yeah, about the, the lady, but um, it's kind of to do with travel and also the kind of things you can learn from around the world, kind of like the what you just mentioned around escapism, but she learns how to... It's like she... She's on a she's on a pursuit for pleasure, balance, and I think something about like finding like her herself kind of thing. But it's just really it is one of those very hyped up book, and everyone you know raves about it. But I did take a lot away from it. But yeah, that was my that was my closest thing to fiction I've read recently. <laughs> but oh, very good. Yeah, I'm gonna check out the ones that you have mentioned because sometimes you do need that escapism and. Yeah. I haven't read in a while actually I need to get back on onto it because you do get go through those slumps as well don't you oh yeah I mean I, <laughs> I barely picked up a book for like six months um just god just like the newborn fog just <laughs> of course but you know it's funny no energy, I, yeah. I just couldn't read a book but I could watch every single episode of Suits <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I don't have time I don't have time <laughs> yeah, to I read a time. book <laughs> I love but, Suits yeah. though. I haven't I haven't caught up with Suits in a while. I think the last thing I watched was season four. I think I need to catch up on that. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure there's like eight seasons. So I <laughs> I, I highly recommend you know going on maternity leave for a, a real Netflix binge experience. Binge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. But no, yeah, I think we all go through those you know slumps. But it's also like remind. I think going back to the reminder side of things. If you don't have time to read the whole book, just remind yourself. And yeah. sometimes I need it as well. Like. And it's so crazy, but every time I read a book, like, because you get so, like, you get into that world, and it's interesting how it influences the way you think and behave on a day-to-day -day basis. So, like, if I, 
I think I read Atomic Habits by James oh, Clear. Yeah. That, have you read that one? Yeah, I think I, do you know what? It's one of those books that I'm pretty sure I've read it at some point in the last couple of years. But un <laughs> unless I went back and looked at my Kindle highlights, I can't, I couldn't tell you what it like even happened. <laughs> of course. I mean, especially with your productivity side of things as well, it's something that is kind of um, relevant. But yeah when I read that book I get very much into like being aware of my habits right but when I read like something more like Eckhart Tolle's book I'm like spirituality yeah. <laughs> you know? it's like it's so funny how the the theme of the book is something that you you live by right yeah. but that's also another wonderful reason why reading is such a we're, obviously we're pro readers but it's such a great way to influence and get inspired on a day-to-day -day basis right yeah absolutely it's the best sort well it's one of the best sources obviously podcasts and tv is like other sources but there's just i think there's something about reading um that is just very it's just very impactful and i think it just stays with you it really does you're right cool sounds good so that brings us to the end of the podcast wow. so you know we've been speaking for a while as as expected but um once again, I just want to say a huge thank you for being here, Kira, and sharing your ordinary tales and, you know, just getting to know you and, and, and your past, but also what what drives you and, and what shaped you. And nothing you've said here today, it doesn't surprise me or shock me at all. Like, it's, it, this is all very you. Like, this is you. And I kind of knew it, but I think I, just getting to know the personal side of yourself has been really, really lovely. And also just, like, your recommendations and going back to like what you do at work a lot of people can look up to you I'll tell you that now but also like just getting insights into you know what's next and uh, the kind of drivers that you use like using your gifts and making things work for you and how you've made that work for yourself but also how you're going to keep on doing that in the future as well it's going to be really exciting to see and also finally the legacy side right this is something that is one of those topics that everyone seems to talk about but um the impact that you've made and you've already made a lot of impact on a lot of people I'm sure and um especially like the the, the grad cohort um starting off and, and and kind of getting the good out of people and, and kind of guiding and all of that I could put my hand up and say that's really really helped me so just really excited to see what else you do in the future and um as I mentioned earlier on I'm sure that a lot of people will kind of keep cheering you on and if you need anyone or any you know if you're going to launch a book and you need people <laughs> on the day I'm sure that we'd all we'd, we'd all be there so yeah just excited to see what you, what else you do in the future and just thank you for being you <laughs> thank you for inviting me I had such a lovely time chatting to you uh, as mm. always as always um and I think the feeling's mutual you know I, I, I mentioned we're talking about the power of books right I, I didn't really start reading seriously until I was 26 yeah mm. and like so just you know you're miles ahead of me Lamika like some of your thoughts and just the way that you approach life and I just yeah I, I can't wait to see what you do and just give me a call if you want me to come work for you give me a call. <laughs> or, or vice versa when, when, when you when you have that whatever you create I don't know if, yeah. it's, your, if it's a company or whatever but um <laughs> I, I, so I did mention that you know it'd be great to kind of have like a um have this same conversation in 10 years time yeah, and, and just to see if our answers would change, or just well, to look back and see, like you know, what? Oh, maybe we have already done that, or well, you've achieved. Could you imagine? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Well, look me up because <laughs> the advantage of having a really weird first name is there's not many of us, <laughs> so you should no, be able to there find me. <laughs> I'll find you. I'll hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too. Not many Lamikas in the world. <laughs> no, there isn't. I don't think there is. I don't think I've ever come across another one. Um, but no, thank you again, and. Um, yeah, 
look up for the episode. Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the podcast. Hope you guys found it as enjoyable as I did recording it. And if you want to share some feedback or show some support, feel free to follow me on at Self Sundays with a double S on Instagram. And I look forward to catching you same time next week. Thank you.